Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're gonna be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. All right, guys, what is going on? A little re-record action for you guys today. We are in the health section, and I had to re-record this one because it is the single most important thing in your life. And so I want you guys to imagine for a second. Imagine if I told you tomorrow that there is a secret drug, a wonder drug, a pill that you could take every day that would increase your focus and energy that would make you smarter that would combat serious health issues chronic disease increase life expectancy and quality life years improve your sex drive and improve your relationships battle depression and anxiety and make you a happier person make your skin look fresh smooth and clean improve your hair and make you look more youthful, improve memory and your ability to learn, make you leaner, improving body composition by reducing fat production and improving muscle growth, increase physical performance, allow you to make better decisions every day. What would that drug be worth to you? What would that miracle be worth sacrificing in your life? And these are the benefits from sleep. Improved sleep gives you all of those positive benefits. And by its nature, lack of sleep causes all of those things. So a lack of sleep is the negative of all of those. It reduces your focus, leads to more accidents, more problems, reduces energy, it makes you dumber, it hinders your ability to learn and hurts your memory. It causes serious health issues, chronic diseases, reduces life expectancy, and reduces quality life years. It reduces your sex drive and harms your relationships. It creates depression and anxiety, makes you a meaner, more frustrated person. It makes your skin look cracked and aging, makes your hair fall out. It makes you put on fat and it hinders muscle growth. It stints physical performance and it forces you to make worse decisions. If you look at things through that light, Sleep is the most important priority that you should make every single day. Everything in your life should center around sleep. And I say that with 100% sincerity. Your job, your family, every decision you make, every nutritional decision, every exercise decision, everything that you do should center around and create and promote you getting a full night's rest. Not doing that is going to significantly hinder your life. And I think the biggest trap that we fall into as a society right now 
is we are de-emphasizing and deprioritizing sleep in almost every stretch, in every decision that we make. When you think about it, the comments that I get consistently around quitting the gym or why they can't come to the gym, they center a lot around time and time management skills. A lot of the people suffer from a lack of sleep, which makes our decision-making process worse. And by the very nature of having a bad decision-making process, by being underslept, we require dopamine. We have sugar cravings. Both of those things lead us to making decisions like watching streaming services on end or being on our cell phone in extended late hours at night when we should go to bed. When a pragmatic, well-slept person knows if they look back that they should be in bed. How many times can you look back on a night wasted or where you just watched one more episode or where you stayed up and watched something that you didn't need to watch? And you look back and you were so tired and you're dragging ass the next day and you maybe skipped your workout and you maybe had, you know, you skipped breakfast and you ate a shitty lunch and you had all these cravings for sugar at night. And you look back, you said, man, I shouldn't have stayed up and watched that extra episode or watched that extra game. Or by the very nature of having the cognitive decline, you don't even associate the two. You don't even know why you're depressed. You don't even know why you're dragging ass, why you have no energy, why you have no desire to go and work out or eat healthy, why you have no sex drive, or you're not intimate with your partner, why you're not engaged with every relationship and conversation that you have every day. You're not associating it with a lack of sleep. But 99 times out of 100, that's exactly what it is. And you cannot be making consistently good decisions. If you are somebody who is in charge of other people, you make important decisions every day. You're a police officer, a firefighter, a teacher. You're a CEO or a manager. You make decisions on the job every day that impact lives. If you are underslept, you are dangerously bad at your job. And over time, enough bad decisions tacked on top of each other will come back to bite you in the butt. And so when I talk to people or when I counsel people about how we can navigate finding time for exercise or how we can navigate our jobs and how we can talk to our bosses and how we can start to have these conversations, people want to take the easy way out. Yeah, it's easier to just quit the gym and not have to get up early and hit my workout, not have to go to bed at eight o'clock, not have to organize my day and make sure that my kids are tired by 8.30 or make sure that my dogs have been walked and that they aren't sleeping all day so that I can get a full restful night's sleep. It takes some organization, it takes some discipline, it takes some backtracking. It takes some looking at our days pragmatically and ensuring that we have organized a system and organized ourselves around living a healthful life, which requires us to sleep. And so if you're looking at this and you're like, well, you know, Jeff, geez, my God, like you're going a little overboard on this. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to exaggerate the fact that sleep is more important than your job. 
Sleep is more important than everything else that you're going to do in the day because anything else you do in the day is going to be made better or made worse by how well you slept the night before. And when we start to look at things a little bit deeper, we start to learn about how we organize and some of the technological things that we have at our disposal today. There is no excuse for us in our society today to have underslept people. Now, the problem is the very nature of work in this country right now is not set up for success. And my God, don't get me started on school and sleep. The fact that high schoolers who need and require nine to 10 hours of sleep every night, when especially when they're growing and going through puberty, their bodies and their minds need that. And we're going to start these kids in school at 730 in the morning. That's insane. It is insane. But that's the way that we've set up our society is to force people into not sleeping, overworking, and we have to find ways to pull ourselves out of this. We have to start to organize our lives and our family lives and the people who's, who live around us who are going to sleep with us and be on our schedule. We have to get on the same plane. We have to have the conversations. We have to plan this stuff out. And if we can't figure it out with our current life situation, then we have to make changes. We have to adjust. This is, uh, Brian sent this in chat the other day, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And it's just a real simple champions adjust. I've been thinking about it all week. I've been putting that in the front of my brain all week about how I look at decisions. Champions adjust. They don't make excuses. They don't feel sorry for themselves. They adjust. And that's what I would think we need to have like tattooed in the front of our brain, sticky notes everywhere. Adjust. Just champions adjust. When you guys are looking at what is hindering me, what is stopping me from getting my full night's sleep? Because I would say 99 out of 100 people who come through our doors and we sit down and we do our initial sit down conversation. And we do a whole health workup. Tell me about your exercise. Tell me about your body. What hurts? Do you have any injuries in your past? Do you have any surgery? Tell me about your nutrition. How do you eat? What's going well? What's not going well? How do you sleep? How are your energy levels? Are you excited every day? I try not to go down asking too many of the depression, like depression questions that a doctor would ask you. But you get a pretty good picture of where people are at in terms of both their mental clarity, their excitement, their happiness, and their physical and you know mental well-being based off of asking those questions. And the one thing that I'll say is A leads to B leads to C leads to D. And it just depends on which one you're putting first. But we see a lot of, I'm not sleeping very much. I'm not eating very healthy. I'm not exercising. Therefore, I have low energy. I'm not super excited. I don't feel energetic throughout the day. I'm not overly happy. That's that's what we're getting. It's cause and effect. And so which one do we put first? And it's sleep. There's no question about it. It's not exercise. It's definitely not exercise. It's not nutrition. It's sleep. So 
I did a big podcast a while ago diving really deep into sleep, and I de- I'm, I'm going to link it down in the show notes. I definitely recommend listening to that if you want to. It's a much deeper dive very specifically on sleep. But I want to touch mostly on just how much of a priority we need to make this. And I'm worried about the principles and the values and the conviction in our society when people take the easy way out rather than taking the very not hard way of having a conversation with their employer or with their boss. And here's the mock conversation. Here's how it goes. And if you're an employee, you can envision yourself walking into your boss's office. If you are an employer, imagine an employee walking into your office and looking at you and saying this. Hey, Jeff, I'm struggling a little bit with my mental and physical well-being. And I really want to turn this around and make it a priority because I feel like I'm just dragging ass and I'm dragging ass here and I'm dragging ass at home and I don't feel good about it. And so... I want to prioritize being able to make it to the gym and have really strong mental clarity and get a full night's sleep to make sure that when I show up here that I am all in. I am high energy, I'm positive, I'm excited to be here and I'm ready to give this company or this school or this unit my all, my 100%. And right now I just don't feel like I'm doing that. And so what I wanted to talk to you about today is I just want to see if instead of being here at 8, if I can be here at 8.15. Or instead of being here at 8.15, if I could just be here at 8.30. Or instead of getting out at 4.30 every day, when we all know at about 4 o'clock everybody starts wrapping stuff up, if I could just get out of here at like 3.55, I could get a full night's sleep, I could make it to the 4.25 workout, and I could be home by 5.45. And I could eat a great dinner and be in bed by 9.30. And if one of my employees came to me and they just, they, they had that conviction, what employer is going to look at you and say, nah, go fuck yourself. Any reply that is a negative, if they're not working, willing to work with you, that's what they're saying. They might, you know, sugarcoat it and put it some other way. But that's what they're saying to you is I don't care about your mental and physical well-being I care about you being a slave to my schedule and my clock. And I also don't care about your production value here at this company. There's not a good employer on the planet who would say those things and not be willing to work for you. And if you get that response back, you should immediately quit on the spot. That's the next statement. If you receive back a, well, you know, the every, but the whole team's here at eight and, you know, it's just really important for you to be a team player to show up here at the same time as everybody else. And, you know, we do schedule the work till 430 and that's kind of what we pay you to be here for. So you need to stay all the way till 432. So just, you know, sorry, I just don't think there's anything we can do here. Listen, Jeff, I totally understand. I, you know, I want to be a team player. Uh, I just want to let you know that if we, if we can't figure this out, that I'm going to have to go and start looking for employment elsewhere. Wanted to just give you a notice on that. I, I would love to stay. I'd love to work this out. 
But if we can't figure this out, I totally get it. You know, you've got to do what you've got to do. You've got a job to do. And, uh, you know, and I've got, you know, my priorities as well. So I want to thank you for the opportunity. And I'll just kind of let you know that I am going to start looking for other employment opportunities. If you want to start looking for a replacement for me, you can go ahead and do so. Put their feet to the fire. This is the conversations and these are the conversations that we need to start being comfortable having if you are actually going to make health and wellness a priority in your life instead of always taking the easy, comfortable, well, I don't want to have that conversation and I don't want to have to look for a new job and God forbid I have an uncomfortable conversation with my boss. So what I'm actually probably going to do is I'm just going to quit the gym and I'm going to get really into like Netflix series and maybe I'll start picking up some running sometimes on the weekends. And that'll that'll be fine. And then I can just then I can just sleep in and kind of take my time in the morning getting ready. And then I can just kind of go to work and you know figure it out and then you know come home and not have that whole stress of like going to work out over my head. And you know, it's just it just it's just easier this way. Easier than having that conversation and trying to like pack so much into my day. It's just that's wanting it to be easier. That's not wanting you to elevate. That's not getting better in our lives. That's not moving the ball forward. That's not holding ourselves more accountable. That's the soft way out. And so many people today are getting more and more and more used to just taking that soft way out. Our whole society just did it. We're in the process right now of trying to take the easy way out. And we cannot let ourselves get used to this. Regardless of what people want to talk about with coronavirus, we are in this pandemic and it is so bad in the United States because we are chronically underslept. We have a freakish amount of chronic disease. 97% of people who are dying with coronavirus have chronic disease. More than two. It's like 50% have more than six. Right now, you probably couldn't even label six chronic diseases or comorbidities. All of these stem from a work culture and a society and a community that promotes and just brushes under the rug exactly what we're talking about. Because we're so unwilling to have an uncomfortable conversation with our boss, because our bosses are so unwilling to say, listen, Get your work done in five hours. And if you get your work done in five hours, I don't need you to be here. Because we're at this like physical being of being at an office, which we just showed the past year you don't need to do. And then people trying to validate their jobs by hosting a bunch of meetings and talking a bunch, which we don't need to do. Could be an email or a memo or a text message. The meeting that was an hour could be 20 minutes. We've just shown if you were more productive, if you were better and more aware of what you're doing and how to learn properly and everybody on your team was just like dialed in, you cannot tell me that if you showed up at nine and left by one and every single person on your team busted ass, I'm talking like came in, fired up, high energy, ready to go. And they were like dialed in on the same page. Everybody was sharp and smart and mentally you know, strong acuity. And everybody had a better memory from the day before. And they weren't easily distracted by social media and cell phones and what's going on in the world and blah, blah, blah. 
if you just came in and grinded from nine to one, you cannot tell me that you couldn't get your whole day's work done. There's almost no job in existence outside of like, you know, people who are on shift for stuff, waiting for stuff to happen, like law enforcement and firefighters. You can't tell me that that's not the case. And so this is like a part of a bigger picture. When we start looking at school and work culture, we have created an entire society that is ripe for being unhealthy. When you pair that in with the financial problems facing our society and both parents having to work, if you're trying to have kids and both parents having to work jobs where they're all required to be there for 40 to 50 hours a week and school is 30 hours a week plus extracurricular activities to easily take you to 40 hours a week and we try to have some semblance of family time and social time, Things start to get pretty tight. Our society has set us behind the eight ball. And the only way that you can find your way out of it is discipline. Discipline equals freedom. That's exactly where that fits in. Or working your butt off and having the conversations to be of such high value that you can walk into your employer or start a business or do whatever you want to do to walk in and say, listen, I want to reorganize my schedule and I want to reorganize my day so that I can come in firing on all cylinders every single day. And this is what happened for me. So I'm going to tell you this situation. Granted, I all of these things are just aspirational. These are things I want for you. And you're going to have to change who you want to be if you want to take that magical pill every day. If you want to be the type of person who gets a full night's sleep, gets exercise, has the time and makes the time for it every day and every week, and figures out how to eat healthy and earn a living and raise awesome high quality kids, there are people in the community right now who are doing it. It can be done. But the one shared similarity between every single one of those people is they're hard asses that make non-negotiation about all the things we just talked about. They're disciplined as hell and they don't make excuses and they don't want it to be easier. And so this is the story I tell people when it, when it comes to this. This is where I found this out. It was in the army, you take PT tests, right? And so usually about every three months or so in an infantry unit, when you're not you know getting ready for combat and you have all these other things going on, you, you're doing PT tests relatively regularly. Keeping up at a high level physical fitness when you're in garrison, when you're not out in the field and stuff is, is a priority, right? Because that's when you're in the military, you're going to have stuff come up, right? You're going to have to go out to the field. You're going to get deployed. You're going to have all these things. And physical fitness is going to fall off when you do those things. And so in my unit at the time, it was sort of a stopping point for people in, in between deployments, and so a lot of guys were coming back for after two or three tours and they would get, you know, two or three years in DC where they would be in garrison. And a lot of that was healing their bodies back up. A lot of these guys would be in Walter Reed and working on physical therapy and then working on their physical fitness. So it was a priority in our unit. And I was somebody who really prided myself on my physical fitness, as you guys probably know. And so I had the highest PT score and there was an extended scale and you can, you know, get above a perfect score and all these different things. I had the highest PT score in our unit for about two years. And after about my first six months, uh, my command changed, my platoon sergeant changed, my squad leader changed, all those things changed. And so I got a new set of NCOs, new set of sergeants and first sergeants and all these things all came in and everything got all shuffled up. And so my old team, 
had let me do basically whatever I wanted for PT. And so I would prioritize going to the gym. I would wake up, I'd do some writing in the morning, I'd show up for the unit PT when I needed to and all these things. As I gained a little bit more rank and this new unit came in, well, they noticed that there were days that like I wouldn't do the same PT as everybody else. And so, you know, the the my squad leader was like, hey, Bennick, like, why weren't you at PT this morning? Started to get me in trouble. And I was just like, oh, well, I was at the gym and I take like a team of two or three guys over to the gym with me and I, I help them work on their physical fitness because they didn't pass last time. And he's like, listen, everybody's got to be here. You got to be here at, you know, zero five and you got to be standing in unit ready to go. And I was just like, all right, well, you know, I had talked with our last platoon sergeant and basically told him like, listen, I wanted to, you know, I will have the highest PT score in the unit and I will take guys who are underneath me, who are newer, who are failing their PT tests and I will get them to train with me. I'll take time out of my day to elevate our entire unit, but I don't want to have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I don't want to show up and stand around for 40 minutes to wait for everybody to get there. And I, it's not good physical fitness to do these unit runs where you just go and trot at like a 10 minute mile pace for like an hour and call that exercise. It's bullshit. It's a waste of time. Said all that to him. And this is the first time he'd ever heard somebody talk about unit PT being a waste of time. And he just was like, blah, 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 blah. like we always used to joke that they were like these like Simpsons, like, blah, 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 but the army says that blah, 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 and unit and formation. And we have to do it this way because that's the way we've always done it. Roger, Sergeant, show up. And so then I'd show up and would do the unit PT. Guess what happened? Iliotibial band syndrome, broke my foot, stress fractures in both my feet, ended up having to go on quote unquote profile because all we were doing was running like 30 miles a week because nobody in the unit knew anything about physical fitness. Nobody took any pride in, in you know, getting people stronger or building anything. It was just mindless drone running all the time. So after that happened, went back. Same sergeant told him, listen, you know, I'm on profile, can't show up to unit PT anymore. Okay. So my PT score, I dropped below a perfect score because of this. I could no longer run at the pace that I needed to. And so I went back to my old routine and I made it a little bit better and took the other profile guys on with me, got my PT score back up and aced my next PT score after not having shown up to any of the PT sessions with the unit. And so went back to the sergeant and said the same thing. Listen, sergeant, here's what's going on. Sergeant still went nuts on me. Said, nope, can't do it. Got to show up. You're off profile. Better show up. That was the day I went down, signed up for the tomb. Said, listen, I'm not going to do this unit PT bullshit anymore. I'm out on it, right? That was also the day that I decided I'm not going to stay in the military. I was out on that. Changed my life. I was getting a lot of pressure. I was getting a lot of opportunities for promotion. Everybody was going special forces, green to gold, going back to school. There were a lot of great opportunities for me in the military. And I decided in that moment that I wasn't going to be a part of this because I cannot stand a non-merit-based system. I cannot stand the lack of common sense around somebody who is just, we do it this way because we've always done it this way. We show up at this time just really to screw with you. It's not good for anybody, right? It hurts their sleep. 
It hurts their health and well-being. And then we do dumb PT, which hurts everybody's, you know, physical fitness and physical preparedness as well. And it hurts people. Stupid. They're idiots. They're terrible leaders. Went down to the tomb. I had great leaders. Those leaders allowed me to do my own thing. And I ensured myself that I elevated my game and I never let them down. And I ensured that I I took that extra account. If you're going to give me that privilege, if you're going to give me that opportunity to sleep a little bit more, sleep in every day, skip unit PT, I am going to make damn sure that I don't lose that privilege. And if you take it back to the conversation that we're talking about, if you go to your employer and you say those things and then they let you do it and they let you show up a little bit late and they let you work out every morning and they let you go home and eat breakfast and shower and have a normal morning routine after sleeping a full night and you come into work, well, you damn sure better be well that you bring it, that you make sure that you don't lose that privilege that you earn it every day. And then you should be rewarded with continuing to have that privilege and that opportunity. And it should be easy for the employer to look at it and just say, well, why does he or she get to come in late? And why do I have to be here at eight? Well, she's our top performer. She comes in every day, she brings it, she works out, she does this, she does that. She's kicking ass. You're dragging ass. If you want to go and pick up her morning routine, if you want to be, if you want to elevate your status and you want to have better sales number, if you want to get more stuff done throughout the day, you get those same privileges. There's not a boss in the world who is going to take a less merit base in a for-profit world, I guess I should say, not a government world, but who is going to take somebody who is worse at their job, who does less, who fucks around more during the day, and but stays from eight to five over somebody who shows up from nine to one and kills it, closes more accounts, makes the company more money and is better at their job. I don't think that that employer exists. I refuse to believe it. And so if the only thing holding you back from this life that we're talking about is a conversation, start having the conversation. I just don't get what's stopping people from it. And it's the most important thing in our lives. I am willing to sacrifice everything that I have to ensure that I set up a life opportunity to where I can sleep full every day. It's that important to me. And so some tasks, some things that I'm working on right now, I just uh, saved up a bunch of money and bought a eight sleep bed, uh, which I'm very excited about, has like a hydro cooling system, tracks your sleep, uh, has a his and hers side. And, um, you know, you can set it on the app to do uh, different temperatures because Maria usually sleeps a little cold. I sleep super hot. And so this one apparently goes down to like 50 degrees. And so everybody that I've heard from a review standpoint says that uh, it like gets way too cold, which like that's where I want you to be. Like I want you to take me to the limit of like it is too cold. Um, So I'm super excited about that. It's on like crazy back order. So it should get here in about a month. Um, it has a gentle vibration wake up. And then I also have a sunrise alarm clock. So I don't like to be jolted awake. It's very bad for you. There's a bunch of other things that I've sort of changed and prioritized in my life to make sure that sleeping and getting a good full night's sleep remains the priority of my life. 
And certainly there are days and times, like I wake up at four o'clock in the morning when I coach in the mornings, there are days and times where like getting a full eight hours is going to be near impossible. But I try to ensure that the next night I either quote unquote make up for it, which there's science on both ends of that, or I make sure that I nap and I get a good high quality nap. And there's a lot of great science around napping. And so if you guys think about this, I want you to prioritize and start thinking about the fact that when sleep is bad, we have bad decision-making processes and our brain doesn't function properly. When we are underslept, we are going to not only be low energy, which is going to be a higher chance for us to miss a workout or not work out effectively and under recover. And so we have a higher chance of injury, but We're also stunting our ability to lose weight or burn fat and build muscle, which again is going to hinder performance on the long haul. But probably most importantly of all is we are going to increase our cravings for short-term entertainment and dopamine and for sugar. So if you guys find yourself right now on this addiction of more sugar, you know, late night snacking, watching a lot of streaming services, sitting around a bunch, not a lot of energy or motivation to maybe come to the gym or do anything. A lot of that can be centered around bad night's sleep and hyperstimulation as a result of it. And it is a vicious, vicious cycle because as you can imagine, let's take it through the scenario. We're underslept. It's eight o'clock at night. We should be thinking about wrapping up and going to bed. We should be taking down the blue light. Maybe think about reading a fiction book. Storytelling helps us get us into the dream state faster. Should start turning out the lights. Should start relaxing a little bit more. But instead, if we're underslept, sometimes we maybe turn on, you know, we're streaming a show. Maybe we're watching uh, uh, Ted Lasso. It's the popular one right now. Turn on Ted Lasso. It's eight o'clock kind of get into it and, you know, we maybe go in and grab a little snack, maybe some treats, just something, you know, to snuggle up to. First episode's down, it's 9, 9 9.15. Look at it. Okay, now we should go to bed. But, you know, the autoplay turns on, the next episode just starts and you watch that first scene, you're kind of like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, now let's just watch one more, right? Now it's 10.30, 10.15, We've had our snacks, watched a couple episodes. Now we're going to go to bed. But we just hyperstimulated our brain with dopamine and entertainment. We just hyperstimulated our brain with sugar. And now we're going to start kind of kicking up our chemical balances all over the place. And now we're going to start to try to wind down at about 10, 15, 10, 30. By the time our body sort of neutralizes itself, it's probably about a half hour later, maybe we get some dirty sleep. Maybe we don't reach that full deep sleep, that full REM cycle. So maybe we don't actually really sleep at all that night, or at best, maybe we get four or five hours. Wake up the next day and a little groggy, don't want to get out of bed. Snooze button feels extra good. Bed's feeling really nice right now. So maybe we just go ahead, we you know, late cancel on the workout and you know, stay in bed for the morning. Wake up maybe a little bit later. A lot of times we end up rushing to work because, you know, we want to stay in bed that little extra bit. Maybe we skip breakfast. And you can see how just this one or two decisions, giving in to that little desire, those little voices in our head, 
forces into these cycles. It gets into this vicious cycle over and over and over and over again. And before you know it, 24 days out of a 30-day month, you've chosen to go to sleep that way instead of going to sleep the right way. What I can tell you is every one of those decisions is going to lead to other bad decisions. And those other bad decisions are going to lead to other bad decisions. And health and fitness and wellness and all these things, it is the compounding effect of good decisions over bad decisions. And probably the most egregious offender in today's society of bad decision-making processes is sleep and surround sleep. So with that in mind, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about habit stacking and hydration real quickly. I've talked a little bit about hydration on the podcast in the past. Uh, you know, I think hydration is a lot simpler than people make it out to be. I don't think it needs to be a gigantic deal. What I would tell you is here's how you get ahead of the eight ball is right when you wake up, you have a 12 ounce glass of lukewarm water, right? So just take it right out of the tap is fine. And you squeeze a half a lemon in it and you put a teaspoon of Himalayan pink salt. If you don't have those things, that's fine. Just drink the water, just straight up 12 ounces. But if you can add those things, especially with the hot, sweaty days where we're shedding a lot of sweat and electrolytes and all those things, really good to get ahead of that. Make sure that you keep a toilet near you because it's a little bit of a diuretic and it kind of helps reset your gut biome a little bit to start the day. But if we do that to start the day before we have our cup of coffee, before we do anything else, you're starting your day off well from a hydration standpoint. And then the next piece of advice I have on hydration, guys, is to habit stack it with other things, right? So if you have a small water bottle, habit stack it with things that you do every day. So a lot of times this can be meals, right? Every meal, I finish this cup, okay? Whatever it might be. Every time I do a workout, I make sure I fill it up to start and I have to be done with it by the end. Fine, right? I have a 20-ounce cup that I carry around with me everywhere. I don't really need to have a stack. I drink an asinine amount of water every day. Naturally, I always have my whole life, but I carry that 20 ounce water. So perfect for me would be, I have my 12 ounces when I wake up, just like we talked about. I drink my coffee in the morning and so on. When I eat breakfast, I drink a full 20 ounce. During my workout, I drink a full 20 ounce. During my lunch, I drink a full 20 ounce. During my dinner, I drink a full 20 ounce. It's 92 ounces every day. That's solid. That's fine. You're going to be okay with that, right? Like there's a lot of this science around like, oh, your body weight in kilograms, which for me would be about 100 kgs, okay? So 100 kilograms. And I just said a very easy, very simple, straightforward way to get to 92. It's pretty good. And so as we start thinking about that, we just have to break it down a little bit simpler. The one that's worked really well for Maria is getting her large bottle that you, a lot of you guys have seen. It's on Amazon. There's a million of them now. Some of them have times of day. Some of them have ounces. Some of those, have, they just have these different bars and levels as you go throughout your day. And the goal is to try to hit that mark. Now, she puts a straw in it. Straws are very helpful to drinking faster or more, drinking a little bit better. Uh, it's good kind of a random science behind that. It doesn't really make sense to me why, but it does work. Work. And so you just try to get to the mark by the time. If you look at yourself and you're two marks high, like if it says you need to be, you know, here by 2 p.m., it's 2 p.m. and you're not there, then that has that little like nagging effect of like, oh, okay, got to drink some water, right? I'm behind. And that psychologically will help a little bit. So from a hydration perspective, guys, hydration and sleep work really well together in this way because we can habit stack good sleep patterns with good hydration patterns. And the two things are, I think, the easiest and the simplest ones for us to knock out because we kind of enjoy them. 
right? Like there's nothing as good on a hot day after a hot workout as kind of an ice cold water. Like it just, it just tastes perfect. Like it's very, uh, thirst quenching. It's good. And same thing. Like when we're exhausted and we're tired and we get a full night's sleep, God, it just feels good. Go to bed. Like we went to bed a couple weekends ago at 6:45 on a Saturday, <laughs> just like slept for 12 hours. It just feels so good. And I've never met anybody who's like, man, I got a full night's sleep last night. And boy, do I just regret it because I missed out on watching a couple episodes of Bosch last night because I went to bed and got a full night's sleep. I mean, it's just not a conversation you ever hear. And it sounds so ridiculous when you say it. Yet, the actions that we take on average are the opposite. So I hope I emphasize this enough to where it makes you guys take some action, where it makes you guys rethink something, where it makes you guys have that conversation with your employer. Just try it. Have the conversation. What's the worst that can happen? They say no, and you keep operating the exact same way you are, and you just have to change your own life, or you have to start looking for another job. What's the best thing that happens? They go, yeah, no problem. You can come in at nine. That's not a big deal at all. Oh, <laughs> oh! you mean I can get an extra hour of sleep? I can work out the 6.30 instead of the 5.15? I can still come in and I can still get my worry and you don't even care? And all I had to do was ask? Think on the positive. Don't talk yourself out of things before you try, before you try to have that conversation. So I love you guys so much. I hope that this helps. And I really, really hope that you guys take some action on this, even if it's just like tonight after you listen to this, just shutting off the streaming a half hour earlier and getting to bed a little bit earlier and getting a full night's sleep. So thanks guys. Let's have a great week. Love you. Bye.